Welcome everyone to Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery podcast. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody here today to talk to you about the Star Trek Discovery panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Indeed, Pete, it was a very, very well-orchestrated panel there in Ballroom 20, the second largest space at SDCC. Uh, we have discussed in the past how fairly or unfairly, uh, mostly unfairly, there's a little bit of a, a PR problem with Star Trek Discovery. And uh, right from the get-go here, they clearly were working to right the proverbial ship. And uh, I think it was a very, very successful panel. Aside from one little hiccup we have discussed off air, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, I'd have to concur. Uh, unified message. And listen, it's it's not, uh, you know, uh, brain science. It's not rocket surgery. It's not whatever hash metaphor. Uh, you get out there. You talk about the show that's coming out on September 24th. And you let people know that all this outcry over um, the gender, the race, et cetera, et cetera, um, that is essentially shame on the people that are making it. And also, I have to say, from a PR point of view, the fact that they took questions from the audience out there on Twitter and not angry, agenda-filled person in the room you know, they're all looking for, for anything at San Diego Comic-Con is there to get a positive bounce, not a negative bounce. And the whole thing was set up to do that. And, and that's not me being critical. That's what their purpose is there to do. Uh, stars on stage Pete included Sonequa Martin-Green, Jason Isaacs, James Frain, Doug Jones, Anthony Rapp, Shazad Latif, Mary Wiseman. And of course, it was moderated by Rain Wilson. Yeah, who will play uh, Harry Mudd uh, early in the series, uh, even a clip in the new trailer revealed at the end. And I think an inspired choice to be the moderator here and to keep uh, the full Chris Hardwick away from Star <laughs> Trek so that he didn't interrupt people and make it about himself. Well, <laughs> Pete, Rain Wilson indeed uh, allowing... Uh, some some great quotes from the cast to happen uh, right off the bat. Sonequa Martin Green saying Star Trek has always been pictorial of diversity and universality and unity. If you say you love the legacy of Star Trek, but you don't love that, then you've missed it. I encourage you to come on the journey with us. Close quote. Pete, is that perhaps a carefully crafted line to stem the tide of Internet angst? Maybe, but it's also 100 percent true. Yeah, mic drop. They could have left after that and people would have gotten the message. Um, there, that idea that if, if you don't understand what you've seen in 51 years, that this is the successor to that, then what have you been watching? What have you been paying attention to? I know that there are a number of really, really smart people online who say these are not star trek fans who who are dredging up all this anger um i i think that maybe some of those people 
Uh, certainly it's not representative of most Star Trek fans. I think, Pete, you and I have been around some Star Trek fans that, you know, it's shocking to us that, you know, that the inflexibility with which Star Trek is viewed, despite the fact, as I tweeted a day or two ago, that Star Trek has literally been reinvented in the 60s, the two pilots, in the 70s, animated and film, in the 80s, change in film direction, new TV show, in the 90s, two new TV shows, next generation to movies, in the 2000s, with uh, with Enterprise and then the JJ movies, and then here we are in this decade, of course it's resilient enough to be reinvented and and reformed to reflect changes in the times, changes in technology, changes in what's expected out of a cast, and so forth. As well it should be. That, again, is in the spirit of evolution, optimism, adaptation, and everything else that goes along with this groundbreaking series. And I think it can't be – it can't go unnoticed that uh, though rumored forever and finally confirmed last week, we now have a female doctor for Doctor Who, a franchise older than Star Trek, and again – with the outcry. Um, I, I don't know where these people trolls, uh, you know, disgruntled people. Again, I, I don't think you can call them fans. I don't know what society they're looking at. And then when we talk about the betterment of humanity and the idea that, Hey, here's a bunch of white dudes and the communication officer, and the helmsman, oh, yeah, they're different than us. We won't talk about it. I mean, this needs to reflect and should reflect society and how we want things to be by the time we're in the 23rd century. Um, so, yeah, it, it remains baffling, but to come out there, and I, I think it's further put out, it's not like, you know, Sinequa Martin Green decided to come out here and, uh, you know, uh, fatten the lip of uh, people who had gotten uh, over uh, the the production and everything else going on. But, uh, you know, to let you know where that is, Rain Wilson also said that Sinequa Martin Green is one of the kindest, most radiant, gracious people I've ever met in my life. So. Again, this is all headed in a positive direction, and I think they were very wise to come out and set the tone in such a way. Well, let's get into some of the in-universe nitty-gritty. The beloved actor, prosthetic actor, Doug Jones, uh, spoke about Lieutenant Saru being a Kelpian, and he said, as a Kelpian, what you have not seen in any of these trailers is my footwear. My feet are actually hooves. I'm six foot eight in the show, the tallest character. I'm balancing on the balls of my feet when I walk. I know there was, uh, there was a great moment when he was kind of doing his uh, Lieutenant Saru walk in front of the table where the, uh, the cast was sitting. And uh, I, I mean, it's a reminder what yet again to have this fantastic actor in Doug Jones who has been in so many prosthetic characters over the years. Yeah, it's really awesome. And uh, I just want to let everybody out there know that Matt, who is tall, has already started making his cosplay hooves. Um, but adding to that, 
a little bit more that came out earlier this week. His species, he is the first of his species in Starfleet. Uh, The ability to sense death comes from uh, being a predator on his planet and a highly evolved, um, you know, reflex. So let's forget all the, you know, character work Doug Jones has done in all these different franchises uh, under all of the prosthetics and everything like that. There's a great background to this character that I think is going to come across that much more with the performance and, and what he brings. So I'm super stoked. He he's going to be the data. He's going to be the Spock of this show and uh, can't wait for him. I, I think this is going to put him in, in Emmy discussions. Wow. Well, certainly time will tell on that. Uh, another telling reveal, actor Anthony Rapp revealed that uh, actor Wilson Cruz will be playing his character's love interest and partner in the show. So certainly the uh, the promise of diversity met with uh, that announcement as well. That was a big deal for that to go out yesterday. Wilson Cruz has uh, quite an internet following uh, given the work he's done Um on my so-called life, he was in Rent. Um, he's of Puerto Rican descent. Again, this is the type of representation, diversity, and appropriate reflection of the world we're in now and the world we want to go to. So if there was one unclear point made it was on this next topic here the relationship between uh commander burnham and sarek uh it seemed that she was a well regardless of what it seemed to be initially pete here's the bottom line here's what we learned after the panel had concluded her biological parents died in her youth and sarek and amanda became her adoptive parents so we have that as I said to Matt yesterday, I can't believe they put that out ahead of the show. Um, and I think it was slightly bungled in the way that they put it out. And then the writer's room had to tweet to clarify um, what exactly the relationship is. I know we immediately, Matt, uh, you know, said it out loud. Like, I can't believe no one's brought this up before. <laughs> um but again, I think a grain of salt. We've not yet seen the show. We don't know how it comes about, how everything comes into being. Um, again, had they not made some kind of connections, I think people would be saying, but this isn't connected to my track. So it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Certainly that notion that, oh, Spock has a secret half-sister, adoptive sister, panic, panic. Uh, I I know Kurtzman said, we are aware, you'll see where it's going, but we're staying consistent in canon, which makes me think, Pete, when Sarek is first revealed in in Classic Trek, there's this cold period between him and his son that has been going on for some time. It's not inconceivable, particularly given the long lifespan of Vulcans, it's not inconceivable that in the intervening you know 10 15 years in between when things got bad and where we see where we see sarek introduced that 
life has gone on and that there's been this this adoptive child brought into the mix and so on and so forth and she has gone from child to young adult to starfleet academy and so forth so i i don't know i'm not i i think if it was like spock had a sister he never talked about until now back on maury povich after this <laughs> that would have been a step too far but the yeah. fact that the long-lifed sarek and the obviously normal-lifed amanda but the fact that their adult child has you know left the house and is not uh speaking to them regularly and life went on with sarek and amanda i'm okay with that yeah um if if they want to color in this area i'm fine for it again you know let let's give it an opportunity to see how it plays out rather than you can't do that it, it doesn't count blah 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 Later on in the panel, they showed the the new trailer, which I'm sure everybody listening to the podcast has since seen on YouTube and whatnot. Um, it was the first view in in motion, which is to say, not as a still picture of Captain Lorca. Pete definitely still a slither in there, regardless of whatever universe we're in. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. But uh, Jason Isaacs here uh, asked where his captain ranks with. Picard and Kirk and all those others, he said he is the uh, the most messed up, the most damaged of any of those, um, which, uh, again, go back and listen, uh, floated last time to Matt that uh, what if there's some kind of other agenda, there's some kind of other thing going on with uh, his captain and the discovery given we've got the two ship situation and even the trailer brings up another ship. Indeed the Europa. Well, Pete shortly after the panel ended at star Trek dog on Twitter tweeted. Now you can raise your expectations. Close quote. This surely must be a wink to Nicholas Meyer who said at mission New York in our presence, uh, he said to a fan lower your expectations. So I know you and I both got a good chuckle out of that. Yeah, and Stella uh, is the at Star Trek dog is Nick Meyer's dog. Um, something they talked about at uh, Star Trek Mission New York, how it's a animal friendly writer's room. He brings his dog. There are cats. Uh, it's just a tremendous dynamic. And this account has teased so many things throughout the production and with the reception, with everything that went on at this panel, for that to go up to Twitter right afterwards, what a what an absolute wink at the audience. Well, Pete, let's dive on into that trailer. First thing that that caught my eye as it started, the shots of the USS Shenzhou exterior look absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I'm loving the design of this ship more and more the more that they show it to us. Yeah, it's really appropriately, uh, you know, messed up. I, I mean that lovingly for the, the time period. You, you go back and you look at the original series and obviously the, the models were of the time. And then if you're watching on uh, Netflix, you're looking at the uh, updated effects, which are what, like, 15 years old at, at this point. Um, so to get all this uh, texture and uh, chromish, uh, bronzish going on, 
yeah, we had the shot from the original trailer of it poking through the atmosphere. And here um, in the early part of the trailer with the Starfleet Delta on the uh, the ground as the ship goes up, they've made that somehow. So there's some kind of um, situation where they're stranded or just want to put a Starfleet Delta on a planet. I don't know. But yeah, I love the ship. I love the uh, the the pink port. Is it the bridge? Is it just a window? Is it is it Shenzhou forward? I don't know, but I it's it's reminiscent but different at the same time. That could be your uh, your uh, navigational dish there. Um, but indeed, Pete, for all the visual effects in the trailer, uh, yeah, there are some lens flares, there are some camera angles that are that are slightly askew. Uh, but it's it's using technology not available in the 60s or the 80s or or even 15 years ago. I think we'll be okay if it sometimes occasionally will. uses stuff that is similar to other space based projects <laughs> involved that the JJ Abrams has been involved with. We have to be okay about it. Um, if this looked retro, I think people would. Uh, mock it for its silliness. You use the tools of the time. Could they have gone through some kind of process to make things look backdated? They could have, but again, where is the fun in that? You've got all these tools, you've got all these pixels at your disposal. Um, why not again, you know, final frontier and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I can't wait to, you know, watch episode after episode in action of these ships. Some comments have been had been made at the panel even before it about um, the Klingons that we're seeing in the show are trying to uh, kind of get back to Klingon roots. It's an ancient sect. It's it's ancient traditions, that sort of thing, which I think is is the the show as a production the producers whatever you want to call it trying to say without giving away too much yes we know that there are the non-bumpy headed klingons out there but because of the whole thing discussed finally in star trek enterprise and all that but these are old school klingons they get to look different because it's akin to us saying well i'm going to dress how how henry the eighth dressed or i'm going to dress how uh, dress how the Romans dressed or things of that sort. That's why it looks so different because they're going farther back in time. Uh, and references made in the trailer to how the Klingons have been in disarray for generations, uh, maybe giving a hint that this is where the show is going to start to have them coalesce as an empire of power and grow into what Kirk finds and so on and so forth. And I think that therein lies the ability for them to have 1960s Klingons, Star Trek, the motion picture Klingons, these Klingons get it all all back. It's it's all heading in the in the same direction anyway. I love that um, uh, Takuvma, the uh, the uh, character that Chris Obi is playing, um, who is the king or may become king or whatever it's going to be. And there were all these, you know, just tremendously crafted props and suits and, and things on display there that just had ridiculous detail beyond what we've ever seen on a Star Trek TV show. Um, that 
his goal is to light the fire and there's some kind of ritual that's going to sound the call for all houses to unite. And that was on display, uh, at San Diego comic-con. So, you know, there's the continued looks like a, a funeral ritual going on there. Um, we could tell from the previous trailer with the howling, but, uh, I, I think there's some very clear, um, machinations going on, uh, politically. Moving on, uh, Sarek is on the, uh, the holograph phone at one point, uh, saying you must challenge your preconceptions or they will most certainly challenge you. Pete, hold on now. <laughs> that might, that might've been included in the trailer at San Diego comic-con to not just be a cool Sarek line when he's talking to his adoptive yeah. daughter. It uh, might be a metaphor for fans viewing Star Trek. I think it is completely with purpose that they uh, they included that. Hey, oh, we have this line from Sarek. And there's been the reaction to the trailer, uh, the first one that we put out. So there you go. So mirror, reflection, boom. Shut up now. Listen, <laughs> listen to the message. Remember what people enjoy about this show. It's, you know, I, I loved Star Trek when I was little. I, I did love the space battles. Okay. But the older you get, and I'm 41 years old now, I am so uh, driven to the metaphor. I am so driven to what is this in our society picking up on and making a message and then they're going to have a space battle or drama built around that and i think that's the best type of storytelling shakespeare was doing it matt and then there are people associated with star trek for years and years and years with this shakespearean background and boom you hold that up to people okay um Yes, they're asking people to pay for that. That I think is the the, the biggest source of of complaint. It, it's an issue for another time, though, because what they've shown you with these two trailers and everything they've put on display is that what you wanted in terms of commitment and uh, the the level of scope that they're going for is coming. There's also the fan service stuff in there. Uh, no surprise uh, that uh, that we'll see Harry Mudd at some point in the series. That was mentioned all the way back in January with the casting of Rain Wilson. Not in, not in January. It was a little after that. Was it? Okay. It was. Um, but, but there was the line in the trailer where Burnham says to him, you're mad. And he says, I'm Mudd. Um, it's great. If, if anything, he kind of swallows the M in I'm a bit. So it's he's not saying I'm Mudd as in the episode title, but it kind of sounds like it. Um, and it's just a nice moment there. It's tremendous. Um, I was so excited with that casting. Um, you know, the, the JJ Abrams movies, the second one makes reference to the, the shuttle that they use to go to, uh, the, the Klingon home world, um, with, uh, you know, a, a mud incident and they, they did do Harry Mudd's daughter in the, uh, the comic series, but that they're, they're getting back to, 
uh, a character that was in two episodes of the original series that you get a tremendous comedic talent uh, in um, Rain Wilson again moderating this panel and and like you said it's the fan service okay hey we got Harry Mudd coming boom here's a line uh, completely sold. We also saw uh, the transporter effect as uh, as Burnham beams down, I think, into a Klingon ship. And it's kind of this very cool dropping down uh, effect, um, new uh, in terms of its presentation of how, uh, how people get transported. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's changed every, every iteration, right? So uh, I, I really like the look of that. Yeah, to think that it would always be the same is again, not in keeping with the show. So let them show you a different thing. It gets very dynamic in the second part of this trailer. If there's anything I didn't care for, it was the pop music. I I don't know the name of the song included over it. I felt that that distracted a little bit. Um, but as far as lifting up the curtain for a bigger reveal, this is everything you could have asked for. Well, and the trailer ends with uh, a rather surprising sense of desperation. Very, very un-Star Trek-like, except for all those Star Trek episodes that dealt with <laughs> uh, a, a sense of desperation or futility. Uh, the Deep Space Are you Nine at all referring to seasons two through seven of Deep Space Nine? <laughs> There's that. I mean, heck, the season one uh, Deep Space Nine episode with uh, with the the presumed uh, war criminal uh, Cardassian who gets you know who, who is not him and gets stabbed in the back by the Bajoran because the episode concludes we can't get past our hate sometimes. Um, or I mean, even there's classic Trek episodes. The um, Pete, what's the episode with the the white on the one side and black on the other and vice versa? Uh, let that be your last battlefield. The conclusion of enlightened Kirk and crew is that they can't do anything for these two guys. They're just going to, you know, off to destroy you. We can't bring you enlightenment. Off we go. We're not going to, we're done trying. We did our best. Our best didn't work. Enjoy destruction. So it's always there. And don't we want drama? Do we really want the final shot to be they're all standing there on the bridge just like the poster i had in 1987 of the next generation crew standing on the bridge like, no give us some oh man pete she's spinning off into space uh in part because i think the character is informed by uh by ryan from uh gravity you know but still she's spinning off into space there's dramatic tension to be concluded when you start to watch the show yeah i think we're gonna get obviously continued promotion uh we may even get a different type of trailer uh as we get closer but we're gonna see more and more and matt we're recording this on sunday july 23rd two months tomorrow man wow i still remember and i know we've discussed it on previous discovery podcasts but i still remember all the way back in november 2015 when uh, when you sent me the text, there's a new Star Trek show coming. Now we're only two months away. How time does fly? Well, Pete, we will, of course, be updating our Discovery podcast feed as further news comes out. Uh, if you're listening to us on the Fantastic Geek Pop Culture Podcast page, don't worry. We have more good stuff coming. In fact, Pete, I'd say probably in the next couple of days, right? 
Well, of course, man, the next couple of days, we're going to cover all the other stuff that went on at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, of course, we're going to get to the Marvel Cinematic Universe film stuff. Uh, we're also going to get to Defenders, which we will uh, podcast beginning in uh, August uh, with the premiere of that show, August 18th. And we've seen more now of The Punisher coming later this year and in Humans. Certainly an exciting, exciting time to be uh to be returning to Star Trek, to be continuing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to be hitting other pop culture goodness. Speaking of goodness, Matt, I want to give a special shout out to all our patrons on patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash fantastic geek. Everybody who donates, who contributes, gets exclusive podcast content and then there are all the levels. It's kind of like CBS All Access, Matt. We don't have a we don't have a, a non-commercial uh, um, uh, level, but there's all sorts of levels that you can contribute at. All of which are going to get you um, the the exclusive content, and then there are different things you can pick up after that. So special shout out again to all those people. Uh, you keep the dilithium crystals in the chamber speaking of powering the warp engines the the real push behind things is of course always on twitter so pete how can people be in touch with you you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 9394 followers can't be wrong and while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want to talk about Star Trek goodness. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with the P and the H. You can email us at fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Leave a comment on fantasticgeek.com. Reach out to us as Fantastic Geek on Twitter or Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Yes, facebook.com slash fantasticgeek, all one word with the PH. It is your destination for Trek, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, both on the TV side and the film side, for New York Comic Con, for all the other pop culture goodness. And as mentioned, we will, of course, update our Discovery podcast feed as news develops. And we'll be back in the next couple of days in the Pop Culture podcast feed to talk more San Diego Comic-Con. But with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. We have been waiting for something worth our attention. <laughs>